0: You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast about finding adventure every day and making life a little more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm Michael DeRosiers, joined as always by my co-host 9,000 miles away, James Barrett in Dallas, Texas. But not for long.
1: No, I have two days over a month. A month and two days, one would say. It's a big move. It's a big move, but not the biggest that I've done, so it's all good.
0: Yeah. And, and you've been to the area a couple of times. You know it. Oh, yeah. I would say I maybe you don't know it well, but you've been there. You know, you're familiar I'm with it. comfortable there.
1: When I moved to Reno, I had been there once for one day. And then I was like, okay, here we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's all good.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Well, in this episode, we are going to have a conversation about something that we both know a little bit about. Mm-hmm. Uh, That is adventuring as a couple. And in fact, your move is going to be an expression of that as well. Very much so. (laughs) And that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, uh, last week, we both had a penalty because we didn't do anything new or exciting, James. Yes. And my penalty was that I had to try a new street food stall and tell you about it. Mm -hmm. So we're on lockdown. Our official lockdown started yesterday. Really strict lockdown again. But you can still have food delivered, so I did. Do you know the, I don't know if you know him, I don't know if he's famous outside of Thailand, but do you know the food vlogger Mark Weens? I do not believe so. Okay, he is, he's one of the more famous for wrong bloggers in Thailand. He's a food guy. And he, he, you know, he goes all around, really all around the world, but uh, eating food and and showing it off and showing how they cook it. and, And he does travel vlogs and stuff as well. Well, he loves spicy food. And recently he's, He opened up his own street food restaurant here in Bangkok serving kapral, basil pork. Which is delicious. Yes, it is. It's one of my favorites. In fact, I've this year developed a craving for it. I don't know what happened, but something clicked in my brain this year that I suddenly loved spicy food as well. You've been in Thailand long enough now. Well, that's that's all his restaurant sells. It sells kapral, and it's really good, so I I had some. And it has three levels of spice. There's like mild, medium, and very spicy.
1: (laughs) Which, when... When you're in Thailand, those three levels for a Westerner, and as an American that comes from a state that loves spicy food, mild is spicy. Spicy is (laughs) super hot, and very spicy is almost unbearable if you're not ready for it. They do not joke around.
0: Well, you know, I I knew that he liked it spicy, and so I wasn't going to get the very spicy because I, I just don't know what that could be, so I got the medium, and the medium was extremely spicy. Um, but it was so good. It was a little bit more expensive than usual, but you know, like it was super high quality. He, he sourced really good ingredients. He used some herbs that maybe you don't normally expect. It had a very like walky kind of flavor, which was excellent. Um, served mm. with a duck egg on top, which is a little bit premium, Fence? I guess you could say. So his the restaurant is called Pet Mark, which is a pun because Mark means uh, very and Pet means spicy, and so it's called like Pet Mark, like his name, mm. <laughs> but it sounds like very spicy. <laughs> It's just kind of fun to have a restaurant that is opened by a foreigner that actually makes good Thai food. Do Thai people like it? Well, my fiance likes it, so that's all you gotta. That's it. That's all you gotta know. Yeah. Well, the the thing is anyway, the menu um, mild has one chili, medium has two chilies, and very spicy has seven chilies on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. it's like, I was like, I don't want to try very spicy. No, I'm afraid yeah, I'm okay. of that. I love
1: Thai food, and it's so hard to find good Thai food here almost impossible. There are very very few there are some
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you can find good Thai food, but it's not quite the same like basil chicken and basil pork is impossible to find, like they make yeah. it in Thailand it just it's more of a stir fry which is good and here they make it more of a stir fry and it's not spicy and it's 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 mm-hmm. savory and it's it's good,
0: but it's more like a Chinese stir fry. Yeah, and if you go to a Thai restaurant in the U.S., you get a lot of, like, peanut sauce, which is not a thing here. It's good, but,
1: yeah, it's it's more like Thai-Chinese fusion in a lot of ways, because I think Americans expect it that way. But, like, I've looked everywhere for basil chicken. You can't find
0: it. You can make it. You can make it, but the problem is it's hard to find holy basil in the U.S. It is. Well, anyway, so that's what <laughs> I did. How about you, James? What did you do this week?
1: Well... I also had a penalty, and if I'm remembering correctly, mine was to try a cuisine that I hadn't before. I got traditional halal food, because I have always had kind of like Americanized versions of it. But this was basically the same dishes, the chicken and rice and and things like that, but elevated. It was amazing. It was delicious. And I don't owe you $50. Around here, it was actually hard to find, because then I mentioned the Ethiopian restaurant, Mm -hmm. and... It had horrible reviews. It's apparently not very good, um, which was disappointing. And then other way around here, it's all Korean and Indian, which I've had plenty of times. So it was actually harder than I thought it was going to be. And I've had halal food before, but not... Not like the real traditional stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't even like a cuisine because I've had like Lebanese food. Arlington has some wonderful Lebanese restaurants. Yeah. Beirut Cafe is great, which is interesting because I didn't think Arlington had a big like... Lebanese population, but I guess they do. I mean,
0: I guess I never really thought about it, but I think there might be a pretty decent immigrant population. I mean, in high school, mm-hmm. there are a lot of like second generation students yeah. who are who Muslim whose parents were first generation at, I at think our high probably school. Was, but anyway,
1: very, very good food. I would highly recommend it. I enjoy Lebanese food over any other sort of Middle Eastern food. I've had it's, it's almost like a mix between like Greek. And, or like, it's a mix of like Mediterranean and
0: Middle Eastern food. It's like sort of, they combine the two. Right. And well, that would make sense based on where it, where it is. Okay. And I'm a big fan of Mediterranean for sure. So if anyone here hasn't had Lebanese food, find it. Lebanese halal food sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, good. So we, we both did our penalties, so we didn't have to do anything else new this week. Just a little reminder, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of food, to participate in our local food challenge, we've already had a couple of excellent entries. Your challenge this month is to take a picture of some of your favorite local food, something from your area that you're proud of and you want to show off. Send it to us. Hello at AttemptAdventure.com subject line challenge. At the end of the month, we're going to be talking about some of our favorites.
1: You know, originally, we sort of thought of the challenges as... Something we were going to do when we get, like, the first couple months, but... Like, to launch the
0: podcast. Yeah,
1: but people seem to really like it, and I think we should just keep it going.
0: Yeah. I like them. I do, too. I think it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, let's get on to the show. Yeah. James... You are engaged I am as am I? Yes, you are not to each other. No. <laughs> Although we have traveled together quite a lot, and <laughs> I mean this
1: yeah well you know there were there would be worse options.
0: Well, thank you <laughs> <laughs> And we do a lot of traveling with our with our lady friends. We do' We've been all over the place with them. We've done an episode before about traveling solo, and that's a very different sort of thing um, than traveling. With just friends, and traveling with friends is a very different thing from traveling with a significant other, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's episode is all about adventuring and traveling with your significant other.
1: It's it is a very different experience. it, it, it is,
0: is what I said. It is. <laughs> tis. We need to bring back the word tis. You know, it's tis. so much nicer than its.
1: Tis a different experience. Tis indeed. <laughs> You know, traveling by yourself, you sort of just do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Traveling with friends is more of a group effort, I would say. Yeah. But usually, at least, usually there's one, like, leader that pops up. Yeah. That pretty much picks what everybody else does. However, in my experience traveling with a significant other, it's a much more of a partnership. You have to compromise sometimes. You have to adapt to what your thinking is when um, when you think about travel. And it's 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 also different because you need to be mindful of things that they might want to do that you don't think of, so I mean, yeah, we both have lots of
0: experience with this <laughs> in two thousand eighteen, and at this point we had only been dating for like gosh, I want to say three years um we both were fed up with work and we both quit our jobs and we went off to Vietnam for three months, then we went off to Laos for a month, and then we you know we backpacked around and we stayed at hostels and you know, let me tell you, if you want to get to know somebody, if you want to, you know, really see if you click travel and stay cheaply, like we were staying at hostels, We our budget was like $5 a day, you know, Um but you really get to know each other well when you're traveling and when you're kind of, I don't want to say surviving, but when you're tr- sort of having to, you know, travel like that. And especially if you're staying at hostels somewhere very, very mm-hmm. cheap.
1: And, you know, it's, it's not always easy, you know, it's okay. not. I don't know about you, but, you know, my fiance and I have gotten into arguments while traveling. You know, it's, mm-hmm.
0: it's part of it. You can't, like, just, like, walk away and take space, especially if you're, like, in another no, country. You still have to be, like, gotta. together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For those of you who
1: have never been in an argument on a road trip, it's w- the worst. You're, you're trapped. Because you are, you are 100% trapped. <laughs> but, you know, it's sort of, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase it, but you do really get to know the person. And you get to know more about them than you ever thought you would (laughs) because you not only get to see, you know, their routines and things like that, but you see how they act when things aren't necessarily going right. You see how they are acting when they're doing things they really enjoy. You sort of get the full range of emotions when you're traveling because I am of the impression that there is no such thing as a perfect trip, right? Something will go wrong at some point. You also get to see how they deal with that because some people deal with that really well and some people don't traveling, especially internationally, you are either going to be stronger or be over. There is no real two options here. You're either going to do really well and be stronger or you're going to be done.
0: <laughs> that may sound cynical, but it's true. Well, no, I, I think a lot of couples break up on, you know, these couples that try to go abroad and like okay, recently, recently I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos because I'm, trying to get some vlogs set up Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to do for our channel, something that my fiance and I are thinking about doing when we're in the U.S. as well, just for fun. So I've been watching a lot of vlogs, travel vlogs, and I found a bunch of vloggers that I really like. And well, not every one of them, but several of them have like a moment in them where the couple breaks up. (laughs) And I think that I'm very lucky and I think that you're very lucky that we have partners that can compromise and that we work well together and we click. But not everyone's like that. You
1: know. Yeah. And especially with being international and like traveling internationally, some people just don't like it. And I've seen a lot of those vlogs where one person or the other just isn't feeling it. They just don't want to be there. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just is a different way of thinking about things. You know, I am always up for pretty much anything. And I've been really lucky that my fiance is the same way.
0: Yes. Well, I think that's important. Like, my fiance and I, we like the same things. Like, a lot of people don't like museums, but we both like going to museums. So, if we're in a new city, we're like, hey, let's check out the museums, even if it's like some kind of boring museum, like the Fine Arts Museum. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, it's air conditioned. Let's go, go there. We'll get a coffee. We'll kind of like laugh at the art. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's what modern art museums are for. It's great. Exactly. So, like, it, it's nice to have somebody that likes the same stuff. If you're an adventurer and if you love like hiking, but your partner hates the outdoors and only wants to go shopping. That's fine. But how do you how do you make a vacation?
1: I don't know. You know, for my fiance and I, vacations are fairly easy because we like doing the same things, mm-hmm. and that sort of has evolved over the course of our relationship because we didn't always. In a lot of ways, my fiance and I are very different people. We don't like the same TV shows. We don't like, mm-hmm. you know, the same movies and stuff like that. But. At the core, we like exploring new things
0: and trying new things and adventuring and things like that. But I think that's what it takes. I I don't think you have to like the same stuff, but I think that you have to be open to it, right? Open to trying new stuff together. That's really what it takes.
1: You know, one of my favorite memories when my fiance and I were traveling was when we went to Grand Teton National Park. And that was completely unplanned. We We didn't have plans to go there that day. We just ended up on that road and decided, why not? And it was my favorite place on earth. For the two of us, it's some of our best memories of traveling together. And it was completely random. You know, when we're in a new place, sometimes we'll just, we'll be sitting in the hotel like, and sometimes you don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming at times. You can be sitting there and you're like, what do we do? And we'll just go get in the car and drive around and see what we see. And stop if we want to. Some of the most fun things we've had especially up in Colorado, is you pick a little town up in the mountains and you just go there mm. and see what it's like. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. If you're in a city, you can kind of do the same thing. You can pick a point in the city and be like, I wonder what, what's over there. And you can go see it. I mean, obviously right. do a little research before you just wander into a neighborhood, but you know, yeah. be smart and safe people.
0: No, that, that's really quite interesting. I, I think that it does take that kind of partnership. You both need to be open to trying new things and doing new things and very flexible for when things do go mm-hmm. wrong, it's important. That's, that's really, I think, the key to like, any kind of travel, but especially if you're with your partner. You both have to be very flexible.
1: Because <laughs> things don't always go as planned. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we've been snowed in in hotels before. We've been running out of money. You and mm-hmm. I have that experience of <laughs> being completely broke. That's a fun story. <laughs> we wanted beer. <laughs> we wanted beer more than we wanted food. hmm so, we got the cheapest cup noodles we could get and then just <laughs> enough beer to last us. And yeah. hey, you know what? We survived
0: and we had a good time. Speaking of beer, this is totally off topic, James, but I, I mm. found something and I gotta admit, I'm. Well, I wanna get your take on it. I'm a little upset.
1: Okay. I'm
0: sending you a picture. All right. Tell me what you think about this. I saw this yesterday and I thought of you. They took away the slogan. Yeah. Look What's wrong it. with that? It just says- It doesn't look right. No, it doesn't. It just says, Cheers, lager beer, original. Hold on. We, we're going to have to post this. Okay. Because I have a picture of it. Well, let me, let me, let me get some background information for our listeners. So there's a beer yes. in Thailand, a very cheap beer. It's not even one of the famous ones like Sing or Chong. And it's called Cheers. And they, we, we used to just laugh so hard because of their branding on their can. It's like a very generic- it was a very generic sort of branding.
1: Yeah, I got it
0: right here if you okay, want me to read okay. it. Okay, so
1: read what, read what the can used to say on it. The can used to say, Cheers beer, lager beer, cheers lager beer, lager beer, cheers beer, lager beer, lager beer. It says lager beer one, two, three, four, five, five times on the can.
0: And now all it says is original cheers, lager beer, the original. I mean, no, I prefer the other way. I'm upset. Did they hear us making fun of it? And we're like, oh yeah, you're right. That does sound silly. (laughs) And there's Cheers Extra, which isn't as good. No, it's like 1% stronger and that's it. It's like 5% versus 6%. Cheers beer is pretty good. It tastes like beer. Yeah, it's like the most generic beer I think I've ever tasted. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, it's like the Natty Light of Thailand. Right. It's like if you described beer to an alien who hadn't had beer, but you did a really good (laughs) job describing what beer was. And that's what, yeah. And they just made the most generic beer flavored
1: beer. I'm a Chong man myself. Second would be Sing, then Cheers, probably, because I don't like Leo. Not a big fan.
0: Yeah, Leo's a bit metallic, actually. It is metallic and it's odd. And it's not as cheap either. It's a bit too expensive for being like the third of the big three, you know? Because let's be honest, it is the third. Out of the three, it's never, what do you like better, Leo or Chong? It's always Sing or Chong. Like, those are the two. Yeah, main well, ones. the answer is Chong. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories
1: of that, this turned into beer chat. Welcome back to Day Drinking with Michael and James. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old joke. That's an old reference. Was when we were on Larn, and we were, we were at the hotel, and we just went to the 7-Eleven and just bought a bunch of the big bottles of Chong just sat on the like oh yeah deck by the ocean
0: because we were on the island we could look out we could see like the skyscrapers and stuff of Pattaya just mm-hmm. way 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 out in the distance and you know the sun was setting and it was a really nice yeah really nice evening
1: yeah it was the breeze was cool mm-hmm. it was nice and then you could watch the squid boats anyway so that's how we travel as a couple <laughs>
0: right <laughs> we're poor yeah. and we drink a lot of beer that's exactly it. Yeah, (laughs) that's
1: pretty accurate it's
0: important to travel the same way (laughs) (laughs) illustrating my point exactly yeah
1: whereas my fiance and I Mm -hmm. we we like going to breweries and things we like finding Mm -hmm. new breweries sometimes we're just walking down the street and you're like oh look at that and we go in I don't know it's it can be nerve wracking the first couple times you travel but you learn really quick whether or not you work traveling together or not sure right Even on a short trip, even like a four-hour car ride, you're going to (laughs) know.
0: There's something about traveling with a partner as well, rather than just with a friend. I feel like with a partner, you feel a bit more protective of them too. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that they're very happy. You want to make sure that they're having a good time, you know. And you maybe take maybe take less risks than you would with just a buddy, you know.
1: And it can be it can be kind of tiring too. Like there's it's, but in a good way. You know, you Mm -hmm. you you do end up very focused. On making sure
0: that your partner is having a good time, mm-hmm. and you're not just doing whatever you want to do. You know, for us, it's kind of weird when we go to another country. Like whenever we're traveling in Thailand, like she just takes care of everything. She talks to people and and makes bookings and arranges and stuff because I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not able to do it as effectively as she would. And when we're in the U.S., I mostly take care of stuff. But we're, mm-hmm. when we're in a third country. It's kind of weird because we're both trying to re- rely on each other and help each other out, and that's when we really have to be more of a partner. Like if we're in the U.S., obviously I'm the one who's more equipped to know where to go and know what to do and, and all of that, mm-hmm. and Thailand vice versa. When it comes to trying to take care of the other person, make sure they're having a good time, it really depends where we are. And when we're in a third country, it's funny because we're both kind of trying to do that, and and it's good, it's great. You know, it it leads to some really nice nice moments and nice times. But I, I think it's, that's imp- a thing that you wouldn't necessarily keep in mind. I mean, obviously you want your friends to be having fun when you're traveling together, but it's something that you don't keep in mind as much or don't need to keep in mind as much when you're just traveling with a buddy. Yeah, now here's a question. Do you like traveling with groups? Um, it depends. I mean, not as much. No, I'd rather travel with one or just make, or I mean, a small group. A small. Yeah, group for,
1: for me, like one or two
0: people. Like when you guys were here in Thailand and we went off to yeah, like that's, Ayutthaya, that was great. That's fun. You know? Yeah, but like more than like four people is too much for me. Or like when you
1: guys were here and we went to New Mexico, like that was yeah, fun.
0: That was great. Yeah. So,
1: but I, I I don't like it that much. I don't like traveling with a big group. But it's also important to know that they want to do the things that you want to do, and vice versa. Because I have been traveling with people that just don't want to do anything I want to do.
0: And yeah, it's, it's
1: very to. tiring. You know they all want to go, "Oh, let's go to the bars, let's go, you know, shopping, let's do what blah, blah, blah blah, and I'm just like, I don't want to do any of that. I would rather hang out in a in a cool place than like go to some random shopping center
0: right about about going to bars, like if it's a really cool bar, a really famous bar, or something like that, like if you're in like like in Myanmar, we went to the Strand hotel and we had a a famous beer at that classic hotel. I'll do something like that. But if I'm traveling, I don't want to go to bars. I don't want to go to clubs because it's expensive. I'd rather just get a beer at 7-Eleven and come back to the hotel and just hang out and and chat. You know, that's more fun to me. I I certainly don't want to go clubbing when I'm traveling. No, and that's not not against anybody that
1: does (laughs) because a lot of people do and there's a place for it. But I'm the same way. I don't. I like going to breweries. I don't really like going to bars unless, like you said, they're cool or – Like that jazz bar we went to was really cool. Oh, yeah. Saxophone. Shout out to Saxophone Um, in Bangkok. It's it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Yeah. You could sit in
0: weird positions. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like up on a a balcony and... Except... Yeah. It's great, though. Live music every night. Really, really Mm -hmm. good. A lot of fun. Good drinks. Mm-hmm. A little pricey, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Pricey pricey for Bangkok, but not for, like... Anywhere else. International (laughs) standards, yeah.
1: (laughs) No. Or, like, if there's a famous, well, like you said, a famous hotel or famous bar or something like that, go check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go to some random bar just to go to a bar. It doesn't, right. like you said, I'd rather go to Seven Eleven and get a beer and do nothing. Yeah. Because I'm also of the opinion that you can have fun while traveling
0: mm-hmm. while doing nothing. Yeah. Especially, I mean, especially if you're with a partner, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to hang out and do nothing and still be happy with with a yeah. partner. Like that's a mark of a good relationship. Right? Because on every trip,
1: depending on how long it is, but I would say anything over like four days, mm-hmm.
0: you need like a rest day in there. Right. Even if it's just like an afternoon, like a half day where you're just like, oh, I'm tired, yeah. let's go hang out and
1: go do and stuff we'll in the relax. morning and then you go grab some beer and just go hang out. That's fun too. And I feel like people push themselves. They feel bad if they're not doing something while they're Mm -hmm. traveling. And I found that a fun way to travel for me anyway, is you you wake up early, you know, you get something for breakfast and you do, you go out and do your stuff early. It's better for everything. It's better for people, traffic, whatever you want to say. It's better. Go do that. Usually it doesn't get as hot. Yeah. Get some lunch, do something after lunch and by Four o'clock, you you're you're free for the day, you know? Right. You you've done your plan for the day and then you can do whatever you want that evening. If you wanna hang out and watch a movie, you can hang out and watch a movie. If you want to go check out a bar or a brewery, you can
0: do that. And but there, are right. I, I, well,
1: I think people think put a, a lot of pressure on themselves when they travel, especially with I a think, partner. Yeah.
0: I think that's something well, I think that's something nice with a partner. Like with a friend, you might feel more pressured to entertain them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and feel like you have to keep doing a bunch of stuff. But with a partner, it, you should be able to talk more openly and honestly, and be like, "Hey, why don't we just take the half day off?" And you
1: know, yeah. And I know, like the first time that I came to Thailand, I'm, I'm sure you felt that way. You were like, "Well, we only have like five days. We got to cram all of this stuff
0: right into well, five I days." A lot of money to fly here, and it's only here for a short time. We yeah. got to do everything in Bangkok.
1: But then the second second time I came, we had several days where we were just like, "We're doing nothing." Yeah we We'd like go to the mall and just hang out and walk around and it was great those days are great too, in a different way, and I would say that's easier with a partner for sure because you can you, you feel like you can be more open, sure like you know I'm just not feeling it today and and that's fine, yeah, you're allowed to feel that way and i I do think that people push themselves past what they're comfortable with doing on a day to day basis and that can Cause tension. It can just cause issues, and it can cause you to look back and not really enjoy the trip. If you're the kind of person that loves waking up early and getting done by three o'clock, do that same thing. There's no nobody that says you have to run around and do stuff all day. How many people take a vacation to the beach and do nothing but read a book on the beach for five days, and they they come back and they're like, oh, I'm so great. And then people are like, well, you didn't do anything. It's like, you don't have to. You, you have to travel how you want to travel. And, Michael, you and I are very experience-oriented. We, we want new experiences mm-hmm. and new things like that. And for us, that's adventurous. But someone else, your form of adventure might be finding a new beach to go to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're the lay-on-the-beach-with-a-book kind of person,
0: find that's a new beach. Too. Or, or yeah. on the other extreme, like bungee jumping. I don't want to go bungee jumping. That's too much for no, me. I, I, but, is it know.
1: weird that I would go skydiving, but not bungee jumping? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I trust the skydiving people more than I trust the like 16-year-old so. yeah. working the bungee jumping stand. And I would I would dive with sharks before any of it. So, <laughs> figure that one out.
0: It doesn't really matter. If the equipment fails, you're a pancake. In, any, any, those, sure. in any of
1: those scenarios, I mean, they Dinner or a pancake, and so you know,
0: it's all good. (laughs) I wouldn't do either. I'd go diving with sharks. You need to get your scuba certification. Yeah, I know. I know. I was gonna in February and do it, and yeah,
1: (laughs) and Thailand's just it's shut down again, right? I know.
0: Yeah, yeah, shut down uh, yesterday. We're we're back to curfew, we're back to lockdown.
1: I am glad that you are coming home.
0: Yes, yes, good to get back. You picked
1: a good time to come home.
0: So okay. what is your take on, um, if you have a partner, what is your take on adventuring separately, adventuring independently? Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that
1: if you and your partner enjoy, especially if you enjoy different things, Mm -hmm. there is nothing wrong with having separate separate trips, separate adventures, and that takes some trust. Unless you've been doing it from the beginning, it it might be kind of difficult at first, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's fun, and just like you yourself might need some time to yourself to reflect or just be by yourself, when you when you live with a person and you, you're with them basically twenty four seven every day for ever, mm-hmm. you know. Every once in a while, there will be a time where you just need time to yourself, or time with your friends, or whatever. You know, Michael, you and I had. A Japan trip all planned, our partners were fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, we were just saying, you know, we're going to Japan, and they were like, mm,
0: okay. Yeah. She, she, didn't like, <laughs> she didn't love me calling it a bachelor trip. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. We're not that fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Said, just call it something different.
1: <laughs> no. Well, it doesn't even really count because we'll both be married by then. I know, I know. So what is it then? It's just a boy's trip. There you go. Boy's trip, yeah. Boy's trip. <laughs> but you know, sometimes sometimes these episodes get a little bit off topic, and that's okay. We, we bring it back around.
0: That's right. and uh, Yeah, but I think the takeaway here is that adventuring with a couple is just a different thing. And honestly, I've been doing it for so long that it's what is kind of normal for me now. But it is different and it has its own challenges and it has its own rewards and benefits too. You've got someone that you can always rely on, someone who's always there to have your back when things go wrong, you know, and um, someone who's back you have too and that you're always there for them and that a strong couple can really grow and become much, much stronger for it.
1: You learn very quickly how you, you both work
0: as a couple.
1: Yeah. When you're traveling, it's a very good experience. I would recommend it to
0: everybody. I would say our couple months backpacking around Southeast Asia was one of the best things we ever did for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it really said, hey, you know what? I think that we are a perfect match. You know, it really showed me that.
1: Yeah. And my fiance and I, we have traveled extensively together. We've been skiing. We've been to Thailand. It all works. So, I mean, maybe this is humble bragging like, Haha,
0: but <laughs> Well, James, whoever would think that you and I would be equipped to be giving good relationship advice. But here we are, you know, both know. of us in long-term stable relationships. We're getting married. That's weird. It's fair to say that uh, they both got the short end of the stick. And oh uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> for sure, we are the Herman Munsters in this equation. And <laughs> oh my God, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> Let's put a call out to our listeners. If you guys uh, have traveled with a couple, adventured together with your partner, why don't you write in and, and maybe just share some of your experiences? What did you learn from it? What pieces of advice do you have? You know, and and how did it change you? How did you grow from the experience? So I'd I'd love to hear from our listeners. Send an email, hello at attemptadventure.com and share your experiences if you've got them. And that goes for any kind of adventure. If you have had an adventure, if you've been on a grand adventure, write in because we would love to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Um, We would love to read your mail on the show. It's always something we truly appreciate. And those of you who have written in, we have loved getting your mail. So uh, we always look forward to listener mail. We've heard from some really great, great people.
1: We we really are sort of blown away by the response that we're getting. It's it's great. We we love interacting with you all. We love talking about stuff. It's just great. We love getting your mail, hearing your stories, hearing your experiences. It's it makes all of the work
0: that we put in completely worth it. Yeah. Remember this is a show for you guys. And if there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. We'll plan an episode about it. We will plan an episode about
1: anything adventure related.
0: Well, it's time for our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. And this week, it's my turn. And I've got a, got a story for you, James. Um, I don't know how much you know about birding, birdwatching. Not a ton, but... Do you, do you know what a big year is? No. So a big year is when bird watchers compete to see who can identify as many species of birds within a single calendar year as possible. So people are serious about this, and they will traipse all around the continent for an entire year, documenting as many types of birds as they can. So I have this article from Audubon, and it's about the very first ever big year competition in Colombia. And it says, 1,158 bird species, 7,500 miles, 1,000 cups of coffee and counting meet the couple during the first ever big year across Colombia. So anyway, we have these, uh, we have this couple and they're traveling all around Colombia. They're trying to take pictures of as many birds as possible in, in this year. And so they're on this mission. They've already seen over th- well over a thousand bird species and they've taken photos of them and documented them. So it's an adventure and it has a goal. And I like that. I like when adventures have a goal, mm-hmm. like there's a, you know, when I travel, I like to have a checklist of things I want to do experiences I want to have kind of helps me organize. So in this one, their whole purpose is to plan around where they're going to go to see birds. And apparently there was a movie, um, Owen Wilson, Steve Martin, I think Jack black, and they were competing together and it's called the big year. And it's about, about this. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but it could be funny. It's got Jack black in it. I'm probably going to like it. All three of those guys can be very funny. So yeah, you don't usually see them together, which is kind of a nice combination. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I don't know what the reviews are. I just know that it exists. So it might be fun to watch. Um, anyway, so that, that's my article. It's about bird watching. Uh, it's a bit too intense <laughs> for me. I like birds quite a lot.
1: Yeah, but I, I've never gotten into bird watching. You know, my no. my grandmother really liked it. It's, but I can't. I look at it and I'm just like, oh, that's a cool bird. But it, it, bird watching is, I, I guess, intense because it's it's super detailed. Right. It's way more than oh look
0: a bird. <laughs> And if you're doing a big year, you're going to some really remote, maybe even dangerous places just to see a bird. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that's really cool. I really respect that. Oh, yeah. That. I, uh, I have
1: a lot of respect for that because I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But like hey, we're going to go traipse into this jungle for two weeks to see a bird. Hopefully to see a bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't even have a guarantee of seeing a bird. Oh, man.
0: But uh, it looks, it looks really neat. And so anyway, I just thought the article was great. It's about this couple traveling mm-hmm. through Colombia looking for birds. And so also listeners, if you've had a, if you've done a big year or if you do bird watching, or if you have experiences like this, why don't you send us an email as well? We might even want to have you on as a guest for the show. Hello at attempted. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm all about, I guess the best way is alternative adventures, <laughs> you know, things that don't fit the classic mold of mountain yeah. climbing or whatever.
0: Planning a trip around sort of a almost arbitrary thing, I think is super cool. I, I, I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but I love it. Yeah. Like going to find, you know, say you take a vacation to, I don't know, Nebraska, and you decide you're going to find the best donut in Nebraska. And that's your goal. Yeah. You know, it's kind of offbeat. It's kind of quirky, but it gives you a goal and it kind of gives you a story, right? And it gives you a a plot to follow.
1: On a more traditional note for that, it's kind of like seeing the Northern Lights. You know, you go, people travel to, um, you know, Iceland and Norway and all those places with the only purpose is to see the Northern Lights. You know, you go there and you have to fill up time somehow. So you end up finding all these cool, crazy things and there's no guarantee you're going to get what you came for. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah but at that point like it's not really about the northern lights it's not really Mm -hmm. about the birds is it it's about the adventure and the it's like
1: the people that climb everest but they don't get to summit which is again not a guarantee when you climb mount everest you don't Mm -hmm. a summit is not a guarantee a lot of people climb all the way up and don't get to get to the top and at that point you have to look at it like you said as the experience as the journey rather than the result yeah that's cool. I, I like I like that. I wouldn't personally do
0: it, but I like it. No, it's. I think the fact that it's a year, it's a huge investment. If it was a big week, that'd be fun. I'd maybe maybe someday we can do a big week. Maybe we can as like many birds. Yeah, we choose one state. You know, maybe a smaller state. Maybe we choose like Oklahoma, and we do a big week. We we drive around Oklahoma, documenting as many birds as we can. That would be that oh, would be man. more doable. But a year is a big a big commitment. Inexpensive. Yeah, well, I think you got to be pretty um, well off to do this. I think I think it is a very expensive experience. Bird watching is kind of a rich people hobby. Have you noticed that? <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Because you need a lot of a lot of gear, and it doesn't reward you in any way other than just like, oh, that's a cool bird. You know, it's like camera equipment and yeah, like huge you know, telephoto that, lens, which can cost like a thousand, two thousand dollars for a really good. Maybe if you're like
1: the old school one, and you just got a binoculars and you just like have a notebook. But now it's more about photography and things like that. Because, I mean, I think the whole thing is, like, anyone can get a notebook and say they saw all these birds. I want to watch that
0: movie.
1: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. You can contact us via email, hello at attemptadventure.com, or click the contact button on our website. Fill out that form, and it comes straight to us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Attempt Adventure. You can visit our website, attemptadventure.com, or check out our kind of light Twitter at Attempt Pod. Don't expect too much just yet, but and we'll I, get on I, there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I, I went on to get on this week, and we've been locked out because I think I forgot oh. the password, and, um, and the account has been frozen. And I'm oh, well, not quite sure how to get back into it. I'm, I know it's possible.
1: In other words, maybe don't check out Twitter just yet. There's nothing on it and we can't get into it. So that's
0: right. So we'll, 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 we'll skip that you know. one we'll for now.
1: On that. Yeah. Yeah. The next time we mention Twitter, we'll be back on Twitter. Yeah, definitely check out our website. There's all the blog posts on there. There's some extra content on there too. You can yeah. find videos, some of Michael and I's first forays into content creation.
0: Um, I'd like to say that for last week's episode about temples i have put a blog post up on the website about the nine temples that i recommended along with pictures prices uh locations and all of that good stuff so if you enjoyed last week's episode check that out and until next time keep adventuring